Come on and give Jesus a mighty shout of praise. I said give Jesus a mighty shout of praise. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet and give Jesus some praise. Come on tonight, let's give Jesus a mighty shout of praise. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Spirit of God, come like a fire in this place. Just lift your hands all over this building right now. Spirit of God, we've come tonight to meet with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Spirit of God, I ask that you would take over this entire service. The Lord, that the fire of the Holy Ghost would fall on every head, in every life. Lord, this is not a game. Lord, our nation needs a move of the Holy Ghost. From the houses of Parliament, Lord, into the highways and the byways of the United Kingdom. Lord, we're asking tonight that the fire of God would touch lives, that they would be witnesses in this end time, that we might see nations shaken with the fire of the Holy Ghost. I take authority over every sickness, over every disease, over every curse of the evil one. I proclaim that this house is a house of liberty and freedom in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And the people of God shouted, Amen. Shout it again, Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the house of God. Well, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. As our dear brother said, I'm from the United Kingdom. I was born and raised in Sheffield. Many people say to me, especially in the revival and when they see maybe the revival on God TV and what God is doing over in Alabama, they say, are you, are you from South Africa? I said, no, 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 no. Are you sure? No. Did it, we thought we heard you were from England. I said, I sure am. I'm British. I'm British. They said, but we, we were a little bit unsure because normally British preachers, they don't sweat. They don't shout. They, they don't. Are you sure you're British? But I, I said to them, I said, well, when I got saved, I was so backslidden, so far from God. You see, I grew up in church. If this was my church, I'd have been on the back row somewhere. I knew how church ran. I knew how services ran. My daddy had preached all my life. But by the time I was 18 years old, 
I'd gone out into the world. My mom and dad used to pace the floors of the church crying out for my salvation. I wasn't always a preacher. I was a young man that was educated and yet had addiction and bondage in his life. I lived in the south of England where we would party and the drugs and the alcohol. So far from God. I remember I'd be in the club some night and I'd go into the restroom, the, the toilet. And as I'd be stood there with the alcohol and the drugs in my system, I would hear that voice, the voice of God say, Son, you don't belong here. This is not what I have for your life. The tears would run down my cheeks and I'd wipe them. I'd wipe the tears and I'd walk back out. Two thousand and two. My mom and dad had prayed for me for years. And I came from Cambridge, from the south, and I traveled to the Sheffield where I live, actually in Rotherham. I was in the house on my own. Nobody home. My dad was in the prisons. He also ministers with the prisoners. My mother is into gastroenterology. That is her profession. They were gone. No one in the home. And I remember as I went to put a CD of my dad's, he, he burns his own audio CD. Now my dad is from the dinosaur era. I was a graphic designer, freelance design. My dad was so showing off to me, he was saying, son, I burned my own audio CD. I said, dad, you don't even know how to turn a computer on. He said, son, the brain, the, this is where the brains are in the family. I taught myself. I said, okay, dad. After all the years of praying, after all the tears and the crying, the more my family prayed, the more I ran from God. Little did my, didn't my dad realize and my mother realize that in that audio CD was a destiny that God was about to release upon my life and the, my family's life. I remember as I put that audio CD in, I pressed play. I was going to put some of my own tunes on. No one was in. I was going to crank that bass. And the song, above all powers, above all kings, like a rose trampled on the ground, you took the fall and thought of me above all. I'm telling you right now, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, the fire of God came on me. I mean like raw electricity running from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. 
I didn't know what was happening. People say to me, how did you know it was God? I want to tell you, my friend, when God touches your life, you don't need anybody to tell you it's God. You'll know. You'll know. You'll know. Only God can touch your life and change you in such a way that you're never the same again. I remember the glory of God so strong on me, I just hit the floor. I went down, 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 down. I laid on my back for over three hours with something so heavy on my chest, it was like a weight. Tears rolling down my cheeks with all the bondage in my life, with all the addiction in my life. I laid on that floor and wept and wept and wept and wept. And God said to me, son, I have a work for you to do. But if you go from me today, I will not call you again. For today I bring you out from your father's covering. See, I don't know who's here tonight, but I see a trend in England, in the United Kingdom, in churches all over, that somehow we've been fed a gospel that says that we decide when we're going to give our all to God. That is a lie of hell. We don't choose. Today is the day of salvation. Today. Choose. Whom you will serve. With all the bondage in my life. Right there on that floor. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. He set me free of every addiction. Every bondage. Every stronghold in my life. Was broken. See my Bible tells me. Whom the son sets free. Is free indeed. Hallelujah. 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 You know, when I got off that floor, I was never the same. I'd grown up in church. I was so hungry for God. I was one of those Christians. You know those newly saved people that they're in church and you're singing your song really nice on a Sunday morning. And they're there with their hands raised, tears rolling down their cheeks, crying out. I was one of those. You know, the Bible says that he who's been forgiven much loves much. I don't know about you, but I know where God brought me from. I know the mess that my life was in, and that is why forever I will praise his name. He is worthy. He is worthy. I got so hungry for God for... A year of my life, I, I, I was pursuing God with everything I had. I didn't see a television for a year. Not one thing. I, I, I was in my room after work crying out to God. People say to me, I'm hungry for God because we had a great service last Sunday. No, no, you're not. Hunger for God is a process. And I remember as I began to have encounters with the Holy Spirit. The power of God would come on me for days at a time and the Lord would show me vast crusade fields 
multitudes in those fields. Across Africa, India. I thought this would happen when I was 50 years old with gray hair and I'd serve my time. But I want to tell you we're not living in that hour. The hour is late. God is looking for those that will obey, that will answer the call, that will say, yes, Jesus, wherever, whenever, however you want to do it, I'm available. I'm yours. Use me, Lord. In 2006, God gave me the scripture from Haggai 2.7. It says, I will shake all nations. And God said, you will call this ministry, shake the nation's ministries. Within a few months, the Lord began to, I'm from a small church. I, I remember my, one of my first crusades, I, I needed $12,000. That might as well have been a million dollars to me. Walking the fields behind my home. I would say, Jesus, listen, if you just want to let an angel drop a bag right now, there's nobody around. No one's going to see it. I'll do one of those things, you know, where you just. <laughs> Simple faith. I remember my dad said to me, son, we're going to see whether you're really called. I remember within that week, I got a week to go. The enemy was telling me, you better back up. You better back off. Within one week, $12,000 had come in. Within the last 24 hours, I was over $17,000 and climbing. And from that day, I've never looked back to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, within the first, literally the first two years of my ministry, God had opened the floodgates around Africa, India. I'd seen over 100,000 Muslim and Hindu believers make decisions for Jesus Christ. Come on, give Jesus some praise. I remember when people began to bring to the stage, my team began to cry out, this man was crippled from birth. I was looking at the guy like, is this a courtesy miracle? I mean, you're telling me he was paralyzed? The blind, the deaf. I couldn't believe it because guess what? I didn't have a Bible degree. I didn't have a certificate or anything. And I said, God, why are you doing this? He said, son, whenever you preach the blood... And the cross and repentance, all of heaven and my spirit will back you up. I'm going to show you a video. Is that okay? You want to see some miracles, signs and wonders? The lost being saved. I'm then going to show you a video. And I hope it's not too long tonight. But I show you these videos for a purpose. Many of you may know the Bay Revival. How many have seen the Bay Revival? God bless you. You know, in 2010, I went to preach for a man named John Kilpatrick, Pastor John Kilpatrick. Many may know him from the Brownsville Revival, where over 5 million people came through those doors. 
Evangelist Steve Hill preaching repentance. God did great and mighty things. He heard about what God was doing in my ministry and around the world. And he invited me to a conference. I went to the conference. I preached the last two nights. It was the Thursday night and the Friday night. The Thursday night was a great service. Prayed for the sick and prayed for people into the early hours of the morning. Great meeting, great service. But on the Friday night, I was preaching. Lydia Stanley, who is now married, <laughs> my <laughs> she's now married to my right-hand guy, who's also called Nathan. So I married an American girl, so we, we all got these revival marriages going on right now. But <laughs> praise God. I'll never forget Lydia was leading the worship. I was finishing off the preaching and I was talking and I remember I, I started to feel something really strange going on. I felt the power of God. I felt the anointing in the crusades around the world. We'd seen miracles. And, but something really, really strange began to happen. As I was talking, I felt like no longer could I feel my legs. My legs weren't communicating with the rest of my body. And it felt like something heavy, like a cloak of God's glory was being literally wrapped around me. From the back of the room, people began to cry and weep and wail. Miracles began to happen just in people in the congregation. Deaf ears began to open. And literally the glory of God swept in the back of the room. Totally I was laid out. Lydia was laid out. And I remember Pastor Kilpatrick got up and he whispered in my ear, he said, this is like Father's Day of 1995. He's back. The Holy Ghost is back. You know, God poured out his spirit. I mean, miracles broke out on a level like we'd just never seen before. In one night, deaf ears opening from birth, six people Death, God opening ears, blind eyes opened. Within a month, Delia Knox, who had been paralyzed for over 23 years from the waist down. It was really funny, CNN had come in and done an interview with her. She had a TV program where she would worship the Lord from a wheelchair. CNN came in and said, how come you can worship God from a wheelchair? She said, I'll praise God in a wheelchair. I'll praise God no matter how I feel, whatever happens to me. I've decided I'm going to worship God no matter what. You know, God was setting CNN up definitely and ABC. Because when they did that, they thought that they were going to get one over on God. How can you preach that God heals and you're in a wheelchair? Well, what? They didn't know. And what Delia didn't know, they'd been holding meetings in Mobile in that exact room, in the exact place. And when I mean exact place, I mean literally the exact square of floor where she had led worship, asking God to bring revival was the very place that God brought her out of that wheelchair. It was so funny, but I don't even think you know this, Mark. But one of, the, 
one of Reinhard Bonnke's board members in the UK, I was in a service just before I left for the revival. He came to me, he said, God spoke to me, he said, you're about to have a major miracle that's going to go around the world. He said, it will be like Jean Neal. The woman that got out of the wheelchair in Manchester in a Reinhardt meeting, I knew exactly. And I, I, I remember that night, I thought, this is it. This is it. She came out of that wheelchair that night. ABC came in and the whole revival exploded. Did you know that the Daily Mail in the United Kingdom, they ran a double-page spread. It came out. Do you remember when the Queen's granddaughter got, en got uh, engaged? They ran a double-page spread. It's a miracle. Delia Knox photograph in the Daily Mail of the United Kingdom. Totally. Oh, come on, somebody. We need to give Jesus. It's time for the world to see that our God reigns. I'm going to play you these two videos. Can, can you? Would that be Okay. Then I'm going to preach to you, and then we'll just let the Holy Ghost come and do whatever he wants to do. Is there anybody hungry tonight? Are we ready with the videos? You're going to see our ministry across Africa and India, and then I think we're going to just go straight into the Bay Revival. You're going to see all that God is doing literally around the world. God bless you as you watch it. Did you serve Jesus Christ?
crying out in desperation, Lord, hear our cry, hear our cry. come heal our land, breathe life into
of Father's Day of 1995. It feels like Father's Day of 1995. Oh, God, do it here! She came to revival breathing out of an oxygen tube. She had severe pain. She had fluid on her lungs. The Lord's been doing a work on her over the last few weeks. As you can see, she's no longer using the wheelchair. She's breathing without the oxygen tube. He was in a car accident a few weeks ago, and they put him on life support. His brother, Jamar, came to stand in for him at revival. They said he's not going to make it. He's going to die. Since that day, a miracle has taken place. They took him off life support. And he's now, he's now totally recovered. He's walking. He feels great. Where doctors said he was going to die, Jesus has touched him. And he's been totally deaf in his left ear for six years. He came into the building tonight, the power of God touched his ear. He says that for the first time in six years, he can hear in Jesus' name. <laughs> tell us, tell us, you're, you're a student of Christ for the nations. All of my friends know I'm deaf, I can't hear. Like, cover up your good ear, cover up, come here. Come here. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is Lord. Are you happy? And yeah, this is all new to me. I grew up Baptist. You grew up a Baptist? for every life in this place that not one shall be lost. came here one night and uh, Nathan just kept being like, you know, break the bondage of it. And I fell out and I was like, my desire is gone. Like I just felt this release. 
And I love Jesus. He's done so much in my life in these five months. I can't even explain. It's like just indescribable. It's amazing. Mighty flow of the Holy Ghost. Mighty flow. Mighty flow. Fire. 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 I feel the power of God so strong. Get ready. God's going to empty wheelchairs tonight. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Times a week now, thousands of believers from around the country flock to a revival in Mobile, Alabama, in search of healing. Mobile, Alabama is seeing documented healings and thousands of salvations take place right in its convention center. For 20, she's 23 years old and she has never heard in her left ear. She had to have an operation on the ear, which meant that she was fitted with a box on the top of the head. She's brought it with her tonight. That's the battery pack there, which Nathan's showing to the camera. And without that in her ear, she would never be able to hear. And Nathan prayed for her, and the Lord did an incredible thing. And for one week now, she hasn't even turned that thing on, and she can hear in Jesus' name. Woo! Would you mind, would you mind showing the people, the, can you see that, where they, that would be fitted into the head right there? So you know that she's had part of her eardrum removed. Just really cover that ear. Could you put your hand over Jesus. I love you, Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. This is her sister with her. Tony has suffered from five strokes in the past year and a half. The doctors are even made, amazed the woman's alive. Five, you had five strokes? Five strokes in a year and a half. This caused her speech to be slurred and she was unable to walk unassisted. When she came to the meeting last night, she came in this wheelchair, in this wheelchair right here, and responded to the altar call. Her hands were no walk longer drawn up, and she could open them and walk without any help and speak clearly. We worship you, Lord God. We worship you. So show them, show them. Move your hand. This hand was curled before. Show them how it, show them how it used to be. 
Now show them what Jesus has done. Put your hands and worship Jesus right now. What's happening with this woman? What's wrong with her? The doctor said she would not walk again. Walk in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Pain go from her body now. Now, walk, my sister. Walk. 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 Tell them. Let me tell you, my sister, with every step, you're going to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. We give you glory, Lord. Look at it go. Every step. I know you're walking. I know you're walking. Go. As we know, he had two tumors on the brain. One was 3.5 by 3.7 centimeters. The other one was a smaller one. He came to this revival and you prayed for people with tumors, the next day he already had an appointment scheduled. So he went for the appointment and when, he's, when he got there, the doctor said there was absolutely no tumor. It had disappeared. And um, you know, we're just about to show you the scans. You can see this, this, the tumor, how it's just gone. awesome hallelujah hallelujah well we could just have a move of the Holy Ghost right now glory to God listen I, I want to bring you the, a word that God laid on my heart this was really strange I, I wasn't supposed to be preaching tonight I came here, I, I'm going to be speaking in the CFAN School of Evangelism and Reinhard Bonnke uh, has been such a massive influence in my life. When I was a young boy, uh, my family flew to Portugal for a holiday and I was in a crusade with evangelist Reinhard Bonnke in Lisbon, Portugal. I'm an only child, I would wander off, I'd always go and my parents would be like, where's he gone? And I'd be on my own adventure, you know. And I find myself in this crusade and Reinhard was preaching, you know how he does. 
in Jesus' mighty name. I'm a young boy. I'm in this crowd and I'm stood next to a guy in a wheelchair that was curled up like this. And I'm telling you, as sure as I'm stood here, it was one of the first miracles I'd ever witnessed in my life. But while Reinhardt was preaching, he was coming to the end and he was giving the altar call. And as he was giving the altar call, I remember hearing cracking and, and this man beginning, his hands uncurled, his, his arms uncurled, his neck uncurled. And he got out of that wheelchair and began pushing the thing to the front. Totally blew my mind. I never forgot it. What a mighty man of God he is. So it's a great privilege for me to be here. But I want to read from the scriptures tonight. If you could turn to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. I'm going to preach very short. Those of you that know me, you were probably saying, well, he, he's not telling the truth right now. But I promise. I want you to turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. We're then going to go into chapter 3, and I'll guide us from there. We're going to skip through the book of Ephesians, one of my favorite books in the Bible. Chapter 2, verse 11 says this, Therefore remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, everyone say now. now. Say it like you mean it. Now. now. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. Then I want you to go to chapter 3, verse 9, sorry, verse 8. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created things through Jesus Christ. To the intent, everyone say to the intent. Amen. That now, there we go again, now, now. The manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. I want to read that verse again. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart in my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Then I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 12, 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you, everyone say me, may be able to withstand in the evil day, and have done in all to stand. Stand, therefore. Everyone say stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the blessed plate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, which, wow, my God, my God, my God, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And the people of God shouted, Amen. Amen. Spirit of God, let your Word pierce every heart. Lord, I'm asking for your glory to fill this house tonight that lives will never be the same again. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. I haven't got long tonight. I want to preach to you. You know, I didn't show you those videos to entertain you. Sometimes when we play those videos, it's like the Holy Ghost. He likes the effuse of faith. There are people in here tonight that you watched that video and something was igniting in your heart. But tonight I want to preach to you a message that I called, called to change the atmosphere. Called to change the atmosphere. As a young man from the United Kingdom, born again, washed in the blood of Jesus, I find it astounding that there are many in the church who have no idea the hour in which they live in. While many people are deciding what their careers are going to be or God, how are you going to bless my life? There's a generation that don't realize we are on the doorstep of eternity. What is happening around Europe, in Israel, the Middle East, the Bible says in the last days that the nations will rise against Israel and try to shove them into the sea to wipe them out. What you're seeing in the Middle East is a sign to the church that the return of Jesus Christ is at the door. It's at the door. I want to tell you, my friend, don't play with your salvation in this hour. Don't play with the call of God on your life. This is not about going to church. This is about eternity. Nowhere in the Bible does it ever teach us to be sleepy. The Bible says be watchful, be alert. Is there anybody here tonight 
that when you watch the news, your heart echoes with eternity. We're in an hour like any other. And yet it is like no other. It's midnight. The Bible says at midnight the cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. At midnight it's dark. I remember turning on my TV screen. Flicking over the news to see the riots on our streets. To watch lawlessness in our streets. The Bible says in the last days lawless, lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. And while we told God to get out of our schools, to get out of our education, while we told the Holy Spirit in many churches to be isolated to some back room. We're living in an hour where we need the Holy Spirit and the fire of God like never before. Like never before. I don't want just a good service. I want my life to count for eternity. What a call we have. What a destiny God has laid before us. You know, church, there are, the Bible says in Hebrews that the saints are looking on. You know, in our day, many would say, talk about Smith Wigglesworth and the greats that have gone on before. I've studied them all. I've watched God's generals. I've read the books. I've got the original footage. I've got footage of A. a. Allen. I've got audio recordings of the great revivalists. But one thing I've got to tell you is this. They have died. They have run their race. They have gone on before. What about you? What about me? What about this generation? What about this generation? Where are the firebrands in London tonight that are causing chaos in the camp of the devil? At midnight the cry was heard. I want to tell the United Kingdom, those of you that are watching online, as a young man with a heart for revival and preaching the gospel, sometimes my heart is so heavy when I hear the gospel that is preached across these aisles. A gospel that I don't know whether revivalists or even the Holy Spirit recognize us. We don't want to preach about the blood of Jesus anymore. The cross, 
repentance, holiness, laying our lives down, being separate from the world. I got to tell you right now, and I know I'm going to take criticism for it, but I got to stand in one of my conviction of what I believe the Lord is laying in my heart. But I hear a message today of grace, which I believe in grace. That we can live how we want and we're still going to heaven. No, no, no. No way. No way. No way. We must rediscover the gospel again. Because in it is the power of God unto salvation. If you want to see miracles in your life, you want to cast out devils, preach the gospel that they preached. For the signs that accompanied them will accompany you. If you believe that tonight, give Jesus a mighty shout of praise. That's truth, my brother. God bless you. There's a darkness being released in these end times. I'm not a gloomy preacher. Because the darker it gets, the more light shines. We are not scared of the devil. He is defeated. We have the victory. Preach the blood. Preach the cross. Preach the name that is above every other name. And darkness shall flee. I don't want a three-point sermon. Give me the fire of the Holy Ghost and some men and women that believe in miracles that our God is the God of the supernatural and will cause chaos for the devil. I love to preach about the blood of Jesus. You know, when you preach about the blood of Jesus, you start to see the power of God at work. I believe in the blessing of God, the prosperity of God. I believe that we all need to be blessed. But right now the United Kingdom doesn't need to know about mansions and big cars and that we're all going to be rich. We need to hear the truth in an hour where people are desperate for truth. Tell me the truth. It is the truth that will set them free. In the revival, I've offended many, but just to see one drug addict that realizes without the blood of Jesus to wash them, to cleanse them, to give them life, there's no hope. And to see one drug addict make their way, it's worth it. You see, when you start to preach the real gospel, it's normally the church that get offended, not the world.
I thank God that I'm in a church that preaches the truth. I love Pastor Colin Dye. I've heard him preach the truth many times. And I want to tell you in this hour, hold up his arms. You know, the Bible says that in the last days, people will be lovers of themselves. They'll heap up for themselves teachers that will tickle their ears. My friend, when you don't preach about Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed on Calvary and the resurrection power of our Lord and Savior, don't be surprised when no miracles accompany your ministry. I remember in the revival, we've had government officials that come in. People in the U.S. government, people in governments of Africa that have been in the revival with their guards and guys, you know, fully armed, ready to go. And yet they come to the revival for prayer. And when I've laid my hands on them, I remember one governor said to me, whispered, don't stop preaching. Watch your preaching. People will hate you. They'll want to silence you, but don't let anyone or anything silence you. Preach it, preach it, preach it, preach it. I want to tell those of you that are in church and you come and you enjoy the services, but your life is not on fire for God. One day we're going to stand before him. The one whose eyes burn like fire. The one who gave his all. You won't be stood with your wife. You won't be stood with your husband. You'll be stood before your maker. In 1 Corinthians 3, the Bible says that our works will be tested by fire. God is going to ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? I want to tell you, my friend, everyone listen to me for one moment. I live with this every day of my life. And some of you may say that that's bondage, but it's not. It is the fear of the Lord. It keeps you on the narrow path. When I wake up and think about that day, I think about the moment where my ministry, my life will stand before God. And all that will count will not be opinion. It will not be what you think I am. It won't care what honors I have, what titles I have. The only thing that God will recognize is that which counts for eternity. There are people 
There's sin in your life. There's sin. And just because you've been in church for 20 years is not an excuse. When you realize the hour in which we are in, what is going on right now? It's time to not only think about revival, but to make yourself ready. See, we're called to change the atmosphere. I know the United Kingdom is not where it should be. But guess what? It's the right temperature for revival. It's the right climate for when it's in its darkest. That's when God shines the light. I don't have time tonight to preach what I wanted to preach. Unless I just preach and then we'll pray for people in the street, outside, I don't know. One of the greatest revelations I ever had was when I realized who I am in Christ. Great boldness came in the Holy Ghost when I realized what Jesus thought about me. That's not pride. That's what the Holy Ghost brings to your life. I don't know about you, but I'm not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. I love Him. I love the fire of God falling. I love miracles. I love casting out devils. I love revival. I love to feel the glory of God come down and do what only He can do. When the Spirit of God is not here, I'd rather watch paint dry. How many are hungry for the fire of God? See, in this hour, we're called to change the atmosphere. Where there's sin, the devil begins to take dominion. But if God can find a Holy Ghost, blood-bought saint of God, he'll use them to change the atmosphere, to change the climate. I remember I've gone into areas in Africa and India where preachers have come to me and said, Evangelist, you're a young man. Don't go in there. It's too dark. I never want to be disrespectful, so I just say, God bless you, my brother. But I'm going anyway. Too dark. Too dark. Too dark. Are you kidding me? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! 
We're blood-bought saints of God. I want to tell you something. Do I have time? Do I have time? Do I have time? Do I have time, my brother, for two minutes preaching? Then I want to pray for everybody. I know it's late tonight. Once I get talking about Jesus... You see, tonight, every one of you has a fighting system that has been fighting for your life since the day you were born. You see, the Bible says that the life is in the blood. Doctors will tell you that in your blood tonight, there's a fighting system that was built into you that fights for your life day and night. Doctors call it the immune system. Did you know in your blood right now, there are 25 billion white fighter cells that are in the blood right now fighting for your life. There's another 25 billion in the veins and arteries of your body. It is an invisible fighting system that if an enemy tries to take your life, those fighter cells in the blood will fight to save your life. If disease, if infection, if an enemy comes to take your life, those fighter cells will target the enemy and begin to attack. You see, the Bible says that we are wonderfully and fearfully made. If your immune system sees an enemy, it can call to the bone marrow and within six to eight hours, 500 billion fighter cells can be released to fight for your life. When the disease is targeted, multitudes of those fighter cells will die to keep you alive. They will take authority over that enemy, defeat it, and then some of those fighter cells take a, what I can only describe as a blueprint of that sickness. Those fighter cells will look at chicken pox, they will defeat it, they will take a blueprint of it and will go to your lymph nodes and store there. If that enemy ever tries to invade your body again, those fighter cells will be released. They go to the enemy and say, no, you can't come in. You've already been defeated. Oh, no, you don't hear me. I said those fighter cells in the blood will go to that enemy and say, you can't come in. You've already been defeated. That's why 
Once I've had chicken pox, I can walk through a crowd of chicken pox. You can't touch this. The blood has already defeated you. I'm here to tell somebody tonight that the blood of Jesus has the blueprint of every attack of the devil, every sin, every sickness, every bondage. God has the blueprint to set you free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I don't care what the devil says to you or your family. He might say he's going to wipe you out. This is not like anything else before. I want to tell you, God's seen it. He conquered it. He defeated it. He put it under your feet. Rise up in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory! Power of God's falling right now. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah! sickness when I pray for the sick I'm like Lord you got the blueprint healer in Jesus mighty name the old boys used to sing there's power power wonder working power in the precious blood of the lamb Is there any blood-bought saints of Jesus Christ in the house tonight? Somebody needs to rise in God and say, Devil, you can't touch this or my house or my family. now my home my house my family it's all under the blood there's no enemy in hell that can touch it I'm filled with the Holy Ghost 
I said the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, lives in me. tell you I don't care what the devil tells you you ain't no joke you're his worst nightmare see I wish somebody would rise up and say you know what that place you think the devil has got dominion I'm called to change the atmosphere devil I'm about to give you an eviction note you better get out of here you better get your hands off my family. You better get that sickness, that curse, that disease is broken because the blood says so. The blood says so. The blood says so. feel glory filling this house right now that's why the Bible says lift your voice with a voice of triumph see the atmosphere is changing right now you talk about the blood the Holy Ghost says where are you I want to show you something just as I finish.
Holy Ghost! Let your fire fall! Salamandorobo Satanabashike quickly listen to me just singing the Holy Ghost this is what you came for this is what you came for this is what we need in this hour Lord in the balconies let the glory of God fall on every life 
on you right now. There's fire on you right now. There's fire on you. Come here quickly, just bring me. Fire! Pick her up, pick her up. 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 Never the same again. You may be saying, watch this. This is that which the prophets of old spoke of. That in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. There's a woman on my right side with a growth in the stomach. A growth of somebody with some kind of cancer in the intestine right now is being healed. Put your hand there and just receive it. Lift up your voice. Just sing in the Holy Ghost. Sing in the Holy Ghost. Bring those three right now, those group there in the green. You, you behind, you behind. Come here quickly. Line them up here right now. Line them up. jumper come here right now fire 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 stop praying for this girl right now all the team quickly on this girl right now Put him here. The Lord says to you, I will fill your mouth. I will fill your mouth. Separate yourself and I will fill your mouth. Fire the Holy Ghost. Put your eyes on Jesus all over this place. This is not about a preacher. This is not about a man laying his hands on you. The Holy Ghost is here right now. Ask him, ask him, fill me Holy Ghost. Make me a witness.
Tolo Mando. I feel glory. I feel glory. I feel glory. Just welcome him. There's more. There's more. There's more. We need the Shekinah glory to be like a light that shines in the capital. In the name of Jesus. Jesus mighty name Right now if you can lift up your hands and just pray in the Holy Ghost It's raining in here It's raining in here it's raining, it's raining, it's raining.
opening right now put your finger on it right now you'll find heat going through it right now Jesus. Jesus. People are being touched all over the building right now.
want you to join the hand, join hands with the person next to you all over this building. There's a woman here right now. I've had many words in the revival, but I'm telling you right now, I there's a woman in this building right now that you are tormented, and I mean tormented by the devil in the night hours. He terrifies you. And I'm not gonna tell you the images and the things that he shows you, but If you want to know that I've come from being sent by God tonight for you, I'll even tell you what he, the enemy shows you. But I'm telling you right now that the devil will not take your children. That which he shows is going to happen to you is never going to happen, says the Lord. Now wherever that woman is, I need you to come here right now. Wherever that woman is, come here quickly. Don't let nothing hold you back. Just come quickly right now. Quickly. quickly all over this place lift your hands there's a mighty anointing in here I'm about to come and pray for the sick and anybody that I would like the assistant passages to come I'm going to hand to him but anybody wants prayer if whatever the leaders church you know I, I've come to be under authority tonight and I thank God that you have leaders that let the service go on just because the Holy Ghost is here I'm telling you that's very rare you better believe it I go to some churches and the leaders said look you got 20 minutes we want revival ain't happening friend mighty Holy Ghost in this place right now. I'm going to count to three. When I do, we're going to shout fire. You say, why are we doing that? Because that's what we seek. That's what we seek. For the fire of God to be upon our lives.
And I want to tell you right now, it's the fire of the Holy Ghost that sent me around the world. The same fire that's in here right now. And I know that this is a church of revival, but I'm praying for God to open something tonight to manifest not only His name, but His glory that this church will explode into something that even the world news will come to see. I hear the words, London's burning. London is burning. See, I believe that there are people here tonight that when you call for the fire of God, you don't realize you're going to be at home, you're going to be in bed, you're going to be at work, and suddenly the power of God is just going to fall on you. You see, the devil meant that your life would be wiped out. But you see, the reason why the devil never took you out is because God had the blueprint and said, no devil, they're going to change the atmosphere. They're going to break curses over families, over communities the strongholds that the devil thought were his. Is there anybody that believes that tonight?
up there in the balcony. Just get ready. This is anointing that's coming. Nathan's coming up. He's just going to move as the Spirit leads him. And he's been led to come up to release something right down here. Let's just keep drinking. Keep receiving. Keep pressing in. new sound coming out of your mouth, a new sound, new tongues. Go ahead, let it go. Let it come out of your belly. Let it flow. You're tapping into something tonight. You're tapping into a flow of the Spirit. Recognize. Recognize a flow when it comes. And step into the river of God and step and tap into the anointing that's flowing tonight. It's going to cause change to take place. God do the work of works in your life.
sing it out. Let the river flow. Let the river flow.
Our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, more awesome in power. Our God, our God, yeah. Oh, our God is greater, our God is stronger.
Gray, you're strong.